You're listening to iOS Dev Break. 15 minutes of current events, tips, and advice for iOS developers, including, but not limited to, discussions of Swift, iOS, watchOS, and tvOS. Welcome to iOS Dev Break Episode 7. In this episode, Chris Latner's departure and what it might mean. Uh, WWDC 2017 announced, and also a listener question. And also we'll be talking about Hour of Code. We've got a few things to talk about, so let's get started. On the topic of news and current events, even though this was news a few weeks ago, it's still relevant, and probably some people are still thinking about it. Um, we, we received the news that Chris Latner was going to be leaving, and at this point has already left Apple and has joined Tesla. And um, and so, you know, I just kind of wanted to talk a little bit about that because at the time, it might have been a shock to people, but it sure was nice that he appeared on the Accidental Tech podcast with Marco Arment and John Syracuse and Casey Liss. And he kind of put to rest some of the confusion or questions that we might have had regarding his departure. And honestly, it pretty much happened exactly the way that I expected. Uh, I know that there was a lot of concern about, oh no, why is he leaving? What's the pro- are there problems at Apple? Uh, are there are there issues with Swift? Uh, why would why would he do this? And what it boils down to is my general hypothesis about many things, which is that the uh, the simplest answer is often the right one. It's not always the right one, but in this case, it turned out to be. Um, basically, uh, you know, I think most of us, if we were already uh, at a company like Apple, and maybe we'd been there for 10 years, and then another company doing something really exciting and interesting, like Tesla came along and said, hey, would you like to uh, come on board? I think most of us would probably jump at the chance. What was nice about the chat that they had on Accidental Tech Podcast was that they basically put to rest all of those suspicions and arguments and things about uh, the departure. And it ended up just being something that most of us would probably identify with, having an opportunity to do something new and exciting and then going and doing that. So we don't have to worry about Swift. It seems like it's in really good hands. And uh, it seems like the community is still moving forward. The development evolution of Swift is still going forward. So that's something that we can just continue to be excited about and uh, participate in if we're so inclined uh, or just reap the benefits of it if we uh, don't really want to get involved in that evolution process, um, but just continue to build great apps with a great language such as Swift. Okay, so we have one more bit of news that I'm really excited about, and this is about WWDC 2017. And uh, just yesterday morning, I received an email that announced that uh, WWDC was going to be happening uh, on June 5th through 9th of this year. And uh, what's also really interesting is that it's going to be in San Jose. It will evidently be held at the McInerney Convention Center in San Jose. And so that's kind of different. It's exciting. And uh, the, the process for getting a ticket will occur, uh, I guess, around March 27th or so. And it's going to be a lottery type of system like they've done in the past. 
And that seems fair because uh, that way everybody gets a chance at it. It's going to be uh, randomly selected. So we don't have to feel bad if we didn't get a ticket or not because it was basically random selection. So uh, if you have never been to a WWDC, I highly recommend it. Um, and you can you can learn a lot. And the, the other great thing is that the... Uh, basically about the community that is there. And uh, you also get to have one-on-ones with Apple engineers. And if you have a particular problem that you're trying to, to deal with, they're super helpful, super friendly. And uh, yeah, the labs are, are an excellent way to uh, to help work out any problems that you might be facing. So I encourage you to go. If you get an opportunity to to get a ticket, if you get selected, then that's great. Uh, We'll see who all gets gets to go this year. Um, but anyway, so that's exciting. WWDC, yet again. Hope to see you there. We'll put a link to the WWDC information in the show notes. And also, if you get a chance, take a look at the write-up that, uh, that John Gruber did on Daring Fireball, uh, his article entitled Apple Moves WWDC Back to San Jose. Uh, it's a nice, good information, gives you a little bit of background too as to uh, how WWDC started, when it started and where, and the fact that it's moving back to San Jose makes a lot of sense. Um, for me personally, it's a little inconvenient because uh, I live in the, the North Bay area, and so uh, San Francisco is a little bit more convenient for me. I don't have to get a hotel or anything. But uh, if it goes to the South Bay uh, or Silicon Valley area like San Jose, then then uh, it makes things a little bit diff- more difficult for me personally. But I understand it. it's way more convenient for Apple employees and the engineers and everybody that they send there. So it makes a lot of sense. It's a lot closer to home. And uh, so in any case, it'll be great. And uh, if uh, if you see me there, I don't know if I'll be able to, to go. I don't know if I even get selected. But if you if you see me there, then uh, go ahead and come up and say hi. I'd love to chat with you. And uh, yeah, so I hope, hope to see you there. I also mentioned that we had a listener question. And this came from David Bowles. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. Uh, but uh, he asked about the so the age-old question of storyboards versus programmatically created UIs. And uh, this is an interesting question. It's one that I've been uh, sort of, I've been exposed to down through the last six years or so of doing this um, but on both sides. Uh, in fact, the, the first company that I worked for professionally doing iOS development uh, back in 2011, uh, they actually mandated that all of the user interfaces be built using um, using code uh, at the time, Objective-C. And we didn't even use nibs. Uh, and it was, um, for me, it was a bit of a shock coming on board because uh, I was accustomed to, uh, at least in my preparations, to begin doing iOS development, thinking that, oh, well, we would use, of course we would use nibs. And uh, it turns out we didn't. We did it all in code. So it was actually a really great introduction to to seeing how that all works under the hood. And I actually highly encourage uh, folks to to try that out, even if you're not really inclined to do it. Try it out one day and and see if you can um, if if it appeals to you to do it all in code. Um, so at least you get some exposure to how that works. Uh, 
another uh, argument for doing uh, doing it in code involves the complexity that around using storyboards in teams and with version control. Uh, also, uh, nib files too are kind of subject to this as well. Um, we hope, or I hope, that it continues to get better as versions of Xcode uh, progress. Uh, it used to be the case that anytime you touched a uh, a nib file or a storyboard, then you you could be subject to conflicts, um, changes, and so forth. So for that reason, many people shy away from using those, uh, and uh, and also use and therefore using code um, it limits that that problem that you might have. So there, those are a couple of sides to the to the debate. Do I have a strong preference? Not really. I work in whichever way the the team that I'm with uh, wants to work. Uh, most of the time, lately, I've been using storyboards and uh, or nib files. And I think for my my personal usage, I do tend to like to use uh, storyboards because I tend to be a more visual type of. Uh, uh, developer, I, I like to see the layout. I like to to see the visual representation, and uh, I also like to see less code. So uh, for me, that is the way that I generally work. Like on my my uh, personal projects that I'm working on, I am using storyboards. So, but I really think it just boils down to your preferences, whether or not you really like working in code, whether or not you like to write a lot of code. Or do you prefer the visual representation? Do you prefer being able to generate this metadata, this, you know, the declarative form of your UIs, and then basically wire it up and make it come alive with code? So I think the answer is it depends. As with so many things, when you have these kinds of options available to you, I think it really depends on your preferences, what your team preferences are, how many developers you have on your team, what the style is, is everybody in everyone else's code, in everyone else's area of the project. So those are some considerations that you would want to think about. And I think you will, after considering those things, then you will have the answer for that applies to you and your situation and your or for your team. So so those are some good good questions to ponder. And uh, so there's really no wrong answer in my opinion, and it's all basically a matter of style and preference and what's best for you and your team. So I hope that helps answer that question. And please keep the, the questions coming in. I think I have at least one in the queue that I'd like to address in the future. So look for that in a future episode. Um, we also have a couple of other things that I wanted to talk about. We are kind of running out of time, but so this the episode may run a little bit long. Hopefully that won't be a problem. I just thought I'd mention a little bit more about Hour of Code and how that whole process worked. Of course, this was back in December, so it's been a couple of months, but I am really jazzed about this particular aspect of education and uh, it was a lot of fun for me to participate in in December. And so I'm looking forward to participating again, maybe even a little bit more at our, our local school or schools, um, because it, it really is great to see the kids light up. Uh, you know, their faces just light up. They are so engaged and so involved. 
and it's exciting to see them really understand these these principles of programming and so i'm i'm really really uh excited about this as you can tell um the way that the process worked in my case uh, i wanted to chat about this a little bit because there may be some of you who are interested in maybe helping out a lo local school but maybe you don't know how to do that uh, in my case uh, all i did was i approached the computer lab instructor and i talked with her about the hour of code and I also chatted with the principal of the school as well. Uh, they both confirmed that they were planning on doing Hour of Code. And so I let them know ab about my background, that I was interested in helping out, that my, uh, my daughter attended the school. So they were very excited to have someone who was a professional uh, software developer to be able to be uh, on hand to help and facilitate some of the, the sessions with the, the classes. I didn't do all of them, but I did do a, a couple of them. And the, the first day that I went, I actually helped out with two fourth grade classes. And uh, it was really interesting to see because my, my daughter's in first grade. So the, to see the difference in, in ages uh, was, and, and abilities and aptitudes was really kind of interesting to see. So the, the first two classes that I, that I went and volunteered in were, were fourth grade classes, and they were so sharp. And it was really encouraging, too, to see that uh, in both of the classes, there were a lot of girls who were fully engaged in this, um, really interested in programming, in fact, leading some of the exercises, teaming up, doing pair programming, showing how to do pair programming. So I thought that was a really great thing that, uh, that all of the kids were getting involved and really enjoying it. And especially with the, you know, some of the issues around uh, um, the the disparity in men versus women in the in the workplace, and uh, so so that was it was really great to see all the kids getting so excited about programming and coding. So that was the fourth grade classes, and the following week I had the. Uh, the pleasure of visiting with a first grade class and uh, this was a lot of fun also it was interesting to see the age differences um, how the kids respond uh, in this case they didn't have their own computers that they were working at they all kind of sat on the floor and uh, while i ran the the minecraft demo and uh from on the uh hour of codes code studio um so it was great they really understood what was going on. Um, they understood that when we expanded the little section that reveals the code, they understood that. And uh, so I was able to also use some uh, a very s simple kind of illustration to teach them about programming. And so I used the example of a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, uh, that, uh, that how you would tell someone to build a peanut butter and jelly sandwich was basically giving a set of instructions to someone and it was very similar to building out instructions that a computer would follow. So they actually really understood that example and uh, the whole thing was a really great experience for me and I can't wait to do it again this year. So I will put a link to uh, the Hour of Code and Code.org on in the show notes and so you can take a look and see if that's something you might be interested in doing it is a, a lot of fun and if you have a, a school in your area that needs help 
I highly encourage you to volunteer and it doesn't take a whole lot of time. And remember, if you, even if you're sort of a novice programmer, you're still going to have a lot more knowledge than the average uh, computer lab teacher probably and also the, uh, and the kids themselves uh, most of the time, depending on the grade level that you do the Hour of Code. And now we'll have a word from our sponsor for this episode. This episode of iOS Dev Break is sponsored by our first official sponsor, Forward Swift. And uh, the Forward Swift conference is happening on March 2nd, 2017. And uh, I actually, I attended and spoke at last year's Forward Swift, and it was it was a blast. It was it was awesome, and I'm really looking forward to it again this year. And uh, this year, talks will be given by uh, myself. Um, I will be doing a talk on React Native, which may seem weird for a Swift conference, but we'll try to make it make some sense of it. Uh, also, there will be talks given by Ellen Shapiro. Uh, Chris Adamson, who will be talking about media frameworks and Swift, and uh, and many other speakers. And some of the other topics include uh, fun with type introspection, mirroring and reflection, uh, iMessage extensions, uh, even genetic algorithms in Swift. So it's just an amazing variety of talks planned. And to kick off the conference, there will be a panel discussion uh, on architecture of applications, and uh, that particular uh, panel will uh, include uh, Christina Tai from Intuit, among others. And so that should be really, really interesting to see. Uh, and uh, addition, there will be workshops, just like there were last year. And uh, this year, it will, it will be Paul Hudson again. He'll be back teaching Swift workshops at Forward Swift, uh, such as Swift Zero to Hero, Advanced Swift, server-side Swift, and macOS made easy. So those should be awesome workshops for you to check out. Uh, I, I was able to attend the Advanced Swift uh, workshop last year, and it was great. Uh, I learned a ton. And uh, also, the the workshops will be from February 28th to March 4th, and that'll exclude the the actual day of the conference, the second. But it's great because then you get several days worth of instruction, whether you attend multiple workshops plus the conference. Uh, it ends up just being a, a great environment full of Swift. So go to forwardswift.com for more information. And as a side note, if you are also interested in JavaScript, the ForwardJS conference will also be happening at the same time or at on the same week and uh, they have some really great talks and workshops being uh, planned as well so if you are also a javascript developer then that might be something you'd be interested in and so you go to the same place you can go to forwardswift.com and you can get uh, your tickets to both events there so uh, hopefully we will see you there. And uh, if you see me and you want to chat, just come on up and say hi and let me know how you like the show. I like to get feedback and uh, I hope everybody's enjoying it. But yeah, so Forward Swift, March 2nd, 2017. See you there. Okay, that was exciting to have our first uh, genuine bona fide sponsor for iOS Dev Break, and so lot, many thanks to Forward Swift, and uh, I really encourage you to sign up for it. There's you still have a week. Uh, there's still some discount tickets available. Um, 
even though it is February 20th now, uh, evidently the website says that you still have a week. So, uh, so I suggest that you go grab your tickets. Uh, even if you uh, want to do a workshop, you can sign up for one of those. And uh, it's going to be great. And, and I'm really looking forward to that next week. If you would like to help keep iOS Dev Break going, um, there's a, not only can you help out by attending Forward Swift, but also you can visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash iOS Dev Break. And there's several levels of support to choose from. And uh, any help that you can give will be greatly appreciated. Uh, it's very nice to have whatever support that we get. And if you want um, to know about some other ways that you can help, just go to iosdevbreak.com and you'll find uh, some other ways there. Just go to the show notes for episode seven and uh, check it out. And remember, not all the ways of helping are monetary. You can also help by telling other people about the show. Even if you just tweet about it or you just refer the show to somebody, let them know about it. Uh, that helps us too. And um, you can always mention us at uh, iOS Dev Break on Twitter. So that wraps it up for this week. Thank you so much. We appreciate all of your attention. We did go a little bit over time, but I uh, hope you enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, so if anybody is going to Forward Swift next week, uh, please come up and say hi. Um, otherwise, maybe WWDC. We'll see. Uh, so that does it for this episode. Thank you so much. And I will catch you on the flip side on iOS Dev Break. <laughs>